Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. It means it's Ask Eliza Anything Day because it's Wednesday, an arbitrarily chosen day of the week that we've used to bestow upon you fresh, hot, baked episodes of this podcast because Wednesday is a tough day for most of working America. It's hump day coded in sexual tension. So let's get it cracking with some of your questions that we've got answers to. we got answers to all your questions except for some of the dumb ones. Don't ask me about pineapple on pizza. Gives a shit. The answer is, it's tasty. Love a good pineapple. Speaking of pineapple, I had a party recently and I decided to serve a Mexican fruit salad, which is really just fruit with tajin, tajin, excuse me, that's two different things, with tajin on it. And I had to cut up all the melon myself and everybody always loves to shit. Are you listening? You have to say something. It looks like mm-hmm. I'm just recording this alone. But you're telling a story. I know, but you can give a grunt. Mm-hmm. Melon. Yeah, fruit, hate it. Um, everybody always craps on melon. They're like, ugh, if you get a fruit salad, ugh, melon. First of all, in season, like hyper seasonal melon is angel tears. It's awesome. Honeydew, cantaloupe, I know. You're like, anything nutritious, out the way. Why is that your description? It's like, that's great. I don't know why I said that. I don't know why I said that. But it's so good. And I had to hand slice each one for how large a melon is, a watermelon, a uh, a honeydew melon, uh, what's the other one, cantaloupe. You actually are only eating... Like the core of it. Yeah. Anyways, it took forever. I almost lost a hand. And so I will forever respect. I even caught up a pineapple. That was tricky. Somebody giving me some fruit, just knowing that somebody had to slice that or machine, in which case like fuck that machine. But it's hard. It's hard. And if it's not in season, a watermelon is just a vessel for whatever you're going to put on it. You know, like celery for ranch. She go. Okay. Anyway, we're here to answer your questions. We're here to get you through the day. And send you on your way. Kiss it. <laughs> Changed it. Anonymous. Hi, Eliza, Emily, Scott, and Tofu. I have a twin brother who, not by choice, I am not close with at all. Mm. For example, when we both lived at home, we would go two weeks at a time without talking. I would try multiple times to start a conversation with a simple hi. As we got older, we're 25 now and both moved out. He still doesn't want to talk to me. 
tried reaching out multiple times, trying to mend the brother-sister friendship, but he never responds. Oh, boy, girl twins. Yeah. Very sensual. No, I'm just a concerned sister. He's never had a girlfriend that I know of. He doesn't ever come to family events and can even be one-worded to my parents. My mom is an overbearing Christian while my dad is a shy, nose-down go-getter who runs a tight ship. My dad is a shy Jew. My brother is a shy, good-looking guy with a great firefighting job. He's got it all, except he has the personality of a wallflower. I know it's because of my parents, but I'm his sister. I feel like he thinks I'm like them, even though I've never given him a reason to believe so. I truly want the best for him. I just want to learn more about him and see how I can help him come out of his shell. How can I help if he won't talk to me? Should I keep trying or leave him alone? Help. P.S. No, we've never had twin telepathy. No, obviously not. You're like, we both had the same twin telepathy and it was of our mom naked and ever since then we haven't spoken. Uh, a couple things. One, your brother is gay and he doesn't know how to tell everyone. No. If he's not gay, um, period, next sentence, indentation, ignoring the last thought. Uh, your brother could just be weird. Some dudes are just like really quiet. Sometimes when you get guys that do jobs like that, like difficult, life-threatening, like tough dude jobs, you they're just kind of introverts. And like that's how they share and express themselves. You yeah. know, you get just kind of like the shy, uh, strong type, strong, silent type. Um, you know, again, my advice is always like, sh- put this all in a letter, you know? Yeah. Or ask him if you can take him out for a drink or something. Uh, he also just might not like you. I wonder, yeah, because even though this person is, I think, coming from good intentions, they also are a little pushy about it. They're like, this guy is living his life in a way I want to help him come out of his shell. Maybe he doesn't want to come out of his shell. I mean, everybody wants to come out of their shell. You um, don't know that. But there is, you, I think you hit it on the head. He might think you're like mom and he may not like mom for whatever reason. Boys and their moms are super weird. You know, maybe on his own terms, be like, whatever you want to do, I'd love to do it with you. I just, mm-hmm. you know, our parents will be gone one day and we'll only have each other and we don't have to be best friends. But, you know, I know it's where we go out. We have the same face. It's uncomfortable for people. Just share with him how you feel. That mm-hmm. way, at the very least, you've extended the olive branch. Make sure that you want to hang out with him because you want to spend time with him, not because you think you can change him in some way. That's a great call. And Emily says that as a twin who That's I don't think they like each other. We like it. We just don't talk, but we like we text it for go. our shared birthday. Uh, I have siblings that I go very long stretches of time without talking. And uh, I think also maturity. You'll get Even though you're in your 20s, like my brother's relationship from our 20s versus our 30s is vastly different. And part of that is due to him maturing. Uh, I say that as a compliment, but it was also kind of like a dig. Um, so yeah. That's a great call. Your advice is better than mine in this case. Oh, Frame it. Twins. Post it. Okay, anonymous. Hello, Eliza, Emily, and Scotty. By the way, in the movie, that's when the station manager comes in. They're like, the phones are lighting up with your advice. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's ask Emily and Eliza. <laughs> For one episode, and then something goes awry. I, somebody, like, I send them to their death, and then they're like, Eliza, please come back. Or I can't make it one day, and it's the premise of straight talk, which, like, nobody listening gets that reference. Straight I talk, have almost talk. bought that movie. I've never watched it, it's but great I've movie. seen the cover of it it's at DVD It's the perfect stores. premise for any TV show pilot, any movie. Like, you are like, I don't know anything about nothing. And then you answer the phone and they're like, hey, you're a star. I truly, I've seen that Blu-ray cover so many times. I'll buy, next time I see it, I'll buy it. That and 9 to 5. Oh, that song is so good. When a straight talk goes, <laughs> 9 to 5 is when you live. Hello, Eliza, Emily, and Scotty. So I know y'all are busy as shit, but because of you pushing native deodorant, and I went and bought some, and it's a game changer for my pits. Thanks for advertising. Yes. Actually works, and our wonderful- Of course it works. Why would I lie to you? Oh, this is a DM you can mention my tag. Travel grad 2012. But okay, so P.S., my Give favorite me some scent tips is for- Cypress and Ginger. I'm P.S. talking. 
Go on. P.S. says, what items advertised on podcasts? Wait, what been- flavor do they use? Cypress and ginger. If you just push through me talking, we're going to miss all my gems and I'm, no one's going to hear you. I was trying to Cypress just get the ginger? question out. You did it again. <laughs> Cypress and ginger is not a native deodorant flavor. Are we sure? Pretty sure. I've never said so. I mean, maybe I'll, don't look. Don't, don't look. Look it up. Because now I, something rotten in Denmark. Something foul afoot, and it's your pick. Yeah. It is? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It's a rich, woodsy scent. Sorry, in the when they give us some of the coffee points, you I say never- say the main ones. Yeah, I say the ones that normal people use. Cypress oh. and ginger, that sounds, that smells great. They're seasonal. It's, it's got to be a dude texting then, because- Yeah, they also have tequila, bourbon. What? Tea tree and sage. Why is yeah, this not in the copy? <laughs> Why are we not getting these for free? Okay. <laughs> But here's the question. Well, if you mix cypress and ginger and tequila, do you kind of get like a Moscow mule <laughs> or vodka? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Drunken pants. It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet while introducing Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. And they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state of the art laundering facility. Plus, the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable and it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's. And enter the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. What items advertised on podcasts have been game changers for you? Now, I know Ooh. you don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but I'm curious to know, is there anything like, oh. if you've seen a TV ad, have you seen like somebody posted on social media? Like, have you ever actually bought anything you've seen? Yeah, I did it on, I've done it on Shark Tank. I always pride myself when I go out. I'm like, I know that. Phantom Bagels. Shark Tank. Um, You want to know something weird? Okay. Shark Tank had years ago, I should have brought this up when we had our Shark Tank lady on. Mindy, we had Mindy on. Years ago, there was an advertisement on Shark Tank for a customizable chocolate bar. And the guy I was dating at a time turned at the time turned out was Oh, I did? All right. Well, that was pretty interesting. Um, bite. Oh, I guess they're not a sponsor. The toothpaste that I that I use that's like little tablets, so we don't use plastic. No, but they're kind people. Did their kind of people? Um, you saw Buffy them on the Comforter. Internet. I love my Buffy Comforter. It doesn't just have to be yours. I mean, like, are you seeing things online and you're fine? You seek out plastic free things and you follow Instagram, so you'll see things that way. Yeah, but those are just products versus like something that I've heard or seen. Uh, I have this, uh, this, oh God, what's it called? It's a sunscreen. I think it's called Raw Naturals or something. It comes in a metal tin. Mm-hmm comes from Australia, which it's like, okay, are you offsetting the metal tin by the carbon footprint of like being shipped here? I don't know. Yeah. So far away, but it comes a metal tin, not a plastic tube. And you got to wear sunscreen every day. My burst toothbrush, it's an electronic toothbrush. I was a big electric toothbrush user for years. And I swapped out my, not Panasonic, my whatever, the one that everybody has, it looks like a seventies vibrator. Oh, that's, that's how long I'd had it uh, for my burst electric mm-hmm. toothbrush. And I, I love that. I use it every day, obviously. Uh, Olaplex does a lot of advertising, and they have sent me product. I wish it came in a glass bottle, um, so I try to use it sparingly, but that is great for your hair. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, Third Love. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy those bras. Yeah. They send great bras. I love that. So, you know, I try not to... When people offer me free product, which is weird, the more famous you are, the more you get. Yeah. I try not to say yes to everything, because you will just end up with... 15 eyeshadow palettes and hair care, like just tons of stuff. So I try to do it sparingly and specifically. Yeah. Uh, Even when it comes to like free clothing, I try to give it to someone because I'm a minimalist Mm -hmm. surrounded by stuff. I've used podcast codes for things. I'm a a hoarder trapped in a minimalist body. Every day it's a battle. You're like, I'm a hoarder in a hoarder body. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a hoarder. Oh, and uh, what's the smoothies? That we use. Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest are tasty. Yeah. I got so, some of those from your code. I've yeah. used your code for stuff. I've used other codes. I got uh, Squarespace I, off from someone's podcast. I got Stitcher free from we someone's use Squarespace. podcast. Yeah. So the more, I mean, I, I wish I could tell you, I don't listen to a ton of podcasts, but I am, I, um, I scrutinize everything. I'm a buyer that does research. And by research, I mean, I ask Emily, look this up. Uh, so yeah, but that being said, there are some products that are just good old standbys like Cetaphil, great for washing your face. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't need all the fancy stuff. Most everything is not an innovation. Most everything is just the same stuff repackaged. Yeah. You know, uh, you have to do some deep digging to find out, oh, this makeup company doesn't use aluminum, doesn't test on animals. Yeah. Everybody wants to make, there's actually a documentary on Netflix about it, but everybody about like cheap things, fast fashion, everybody yeah. wants to make a quick dollar. So they're just reselling you stuff. Bottled water is a great example. 
It's not better water. It's mm-hmm. just plastic. You're part of the problem. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm helping the world by the things that I don't buy. Yeah. I'm going right. to get a lipstick right here that I've had for over five years, and I still haven't used all of it. That's how. Why is it up here? Why is anything up here? Well, I mean, this office is just an ode to years gone by of a career. Kick <laughs> it. I know. If you didn't have a career now, it would be kind of sad in here. But since you're doing okay, it's fun. No, but it's not sad. And here's why. Because you should always have one room of your home or one corner where you keep all of your braggadocious accolades. Like one little corner is okay. If I yeah. had all this like Blanche artwork and all this stuff from fans all over my house, yeah. that would be sad. And it's some cool stuff. Like people could have given you some creative Dope stuff. shit. But still, it would be, especially because my dog is dead. Um, yeah, that also makes it tough. Not you, Tianfu. You're okay. <laughs> Kick it. Stick it. Alex Downs 711. Finally, a name we can get behind. We just found out my husband's grandfather, technically step-grandpa, was diagnosed with stage four liver and colon cancer. My husband's life skill is pushing down emotions. He's always been very close to his grandpa. What are ways you suggest supporting and loving your husband while respecting his lack of emotions in this situation? He's not an emotionless monster, but he isn't one to emote on a large or any scale at all. You know what? Look, I'm not married to that man. My husband is very emotional. Uh, It told me as much on like our third date. Uh, we are very in touch with our emotions family. That being said, sometimes Smoky Man pushes stuff down. I'm like, what's your problem? Um, I, it's tough because not everybody's creative, but sometimes writing out how you're feeling is really cathartic. I did a project recently and it was really difficult. And I just got on the plane and I was like, I, I must write. And I pulled up a blank Word document and I just wrote to myself. Not to show anyone, just have to process things. Sometimes... People verbalize things really well, but sometimes writing just helps. And he doesn't sound like he's going to be a great writer, but it might, if you encourage him just to get things out or maybe write the letter and give it to the grandpa or just the idea of, you know, you're not going to have time to say the things that you want to say. Some people are okay with that. I think we all have things that we want to say to people that we'd rather just never say. It's just because it's so uncomfortable. The truth is it's his grieving process. So you can be there for him, you can encourage him, but you don't want to become a target for anger if he's like I'm gonna do it my way you know so I think all you can do is just continue to try to encourage outlets for his expression yeah uh, if that's you know that that sounds like all you could do yeah I would say punch a pillow write a letter yeah and it's nice that you're thank you in the comment section of reddit and fucking go nuts on these whores Hi, Tianfu. Oh, she found the other bow. It's filthy. She How has, did she find she it? She has three bow. They're what? disgusting. They smell like blood. And she brings them everywhere. And two of them, I found, I'm turning into a mom, are being washed right now. I was washing them myself. <laughs> and I was like, where's the other one? And she found it. It's she white. I understand where Ugh. it went. It's not white anymore. It's gray. And she's like, where the fuck is it? Give me that bow. Give it little. back to her until we're done with this. And then we'll wash it now that we know where it is. <gasps> God, she's, she's like the Kool Aid man. She's like, <laughs> she just burst through a shelf I on the. I thought she would go around. She's Chris Farley. <laughs> oh my God, are you okay, pal? She's okay. fine. She's like a big dumb athlete. I've got to really... get through these blocks. What are those things football players run into in oh, practice? Oh, where there's like people on. Yeah, them. that's like, her. Bah, 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 bah. She's like, at any cost. Oh boy. Okay, we got a serious one. Okay, anonymous. My husband is straight beaver cleaver family. I'm more respectable white trash, i.e. my 4.0 in college got my felony taken away. So 
daughter's six B day. I had to hang back to wait for photos wait, of my grades. Can do that? I don't know. You're like I raped sure. her, but then I got a four point oh. Maybe it no takes away in terms of your family's like all right. Maybe. I had to hang back to wait for photos of my husband's mom and her four grandkids. Came upstairs and they had sung Happy B Day and done the cake without me. Oh. The fuck? I was upset. <laughs> the fuck? Took myself to a movie at a theater that has a bar. Wait, where drinks. was this? At the, the house? Sixth birthday of her child at her house. Ew! Took myself to a movie at a theater that has a bar, had two drinks. Come home and my husband says it wasn't a big deal. Sidebar. His B-Day was the weekend prior. Made him a taco bouquet and a surprise party. Also playing all of our kiddos' B-Day celebration. So I came home from Zombieland 2, F yes. Hub says, you always overreact. I responded, fuck you. In comes brother-in-law who, in front of my six-year-old daughter, pushes me up against the wall, (gasps) finger in my chest, telling me I'm a POS. Husband does nothing. His visiting mother finally intervened. WTF, what do I do? This is the fourth time he has screamed at me like this, and this time my daughter saw, I adore you. Please help. Oh, my God. First of all, oh, my God. Okay. You are white trash. But that's okay. That's okay. When you said taco bouquet. I'm um, interested in what that is. White trash or not, I don't care if you're the queen of England. This is a specific type of man that like, he's he isn't hitting you, but he's being very aggressive toward you. And everybody's just cool with it. This type of behavior tends to happen when we're younger and you don't realize, oh my God, that wasn't okay that he put his hands on me. That wasn't okay that he shoved me and everybody else around you is complicit. It happened to me. Freshman year, there was this kid who lived next door who was a total spoiled brat uh, and he pushed me into a wall in our hallway all because I was like, can you please turn your music down? Because we shared a wall and it was like rattling stuff off the wall. Pushed me into a wall, it left a mark. Nobody did anything because at, you know, University of Kansas, we were in like a nice dorm. So I guess like his parents had money, whatever the fuck that means. And the only person who did anything was my psychopath boyfriend who was like, I'll wait for you outside. Like, let's do this. And the kid wouldn't come outside. Of course not. You don't want to like ruin your collared polo shirt. Um, And you don't process it at the time until later. You're like, oh my God, that's not okay. It's not the first time in my life. I've never been abused. I've never been sexually assaulted. One or two times where like a guy was like, this is okay to do because I'm angry. Mm -hmm. It is so 100% not okay. Yeah. And the mother doing that, first of all, the piece of shit, trashy brother aside, the mother doing that without you is so not okay. Now, were you downstairs doing drugs? Then- I don't know. I don't know what they think of you. But it's clear that there is an absolute lack of respect for you as the mother and as the son's wife. Yeah. That is a big deal. It's your son. Clip, clip. It's your son's birthday. Uh, daughter, sixth birthday. I don't see gender, Emily. <laughs> and it's really insensitive of you to assign that. Uh, it's your daughter's birthday and you'd plan that birthday party. You're the mom. You want to see the cake. God, recently I watched an old home video of like a birthday party I don't remember at like Putt-Putt Golf. And my dad was there with his, my stepmom, Barbara, but like they had just gotten married and my mom was there. And I'm like, oh, that's probably not her favorite thing. Being at your kid's birthday party single with your ex-husband there who just got married and like having to put on a brave face. And I remember thinking like, but she was still there and she wanted to be there. Cause you know, that's your right. You gave, you gave birth to this kid. You're going to plan this. Mediocre birthday party. It's so rude. It's so crossing a line. And then for you to be, your reaction is not cool. Leaving the situation. And it's one of those things as a woman where you're upset and your feelings are right. And then because you're expressing yourself, people are like, what's your problem? Not a big deal. And they try to minimize it. Your reaction may not have been the coolest or the classiest to leave and go have a drink. Because that shows, it makes you kind of immature. 
But what's 1000% out of bounds is his brother doing that to you. Yeah. That is, you could almost call the cops for that. Almost. So you need to have a come to Jesus about your boundaries. Do not have a drink before you do it. And if your husband is not on your side, I think you, you got to have a serious conversation with that man. Yeah. He should always, he took like a vow. He should always be on your side protecting you. This isn't, and by the way, look, I don't know what you're like the rest of the time. You could be a raging alcoholic. You could be kind of a hothead. You can be like all these terrible things, but he is in a relationship with you and another Mm -hmm. man, any man, but especially another man putting his hands on you or even just aggressively pointing at you. And that's, I'm so sorry. Yeah. That the mother-in-law was wrong. And it's even more wrong that he did that. And for your husband to not intervene at all, maybe he's not pumped about your marriage anymore, but you need to get in his face and be like, or just maybe don't get in his face. Don't get in his face. But you need to have a come to Jesus with him and be like, do you want to be in this marriage with me? Because I will not be unsupported and disrespected like that. No. That's insane. That that man should not be allowed in your home. No. And you know what? He's not allowed anymore either. No. Because what, one drink and then it gets more physical? Uh, That book, Educated, that I just read, which is fantastic. I didn't just read it. Uh, she has a brother who's physically abusive and nobody does anything. And he's like, and she lives in her life in fear. I was talking to a, uh, my best friend, Michelle, recently. We were talking about these guys that we grew up with that were our friends who would never, never hit us or anything like that. But this normalcy of the normalization of physical fear of men that you're friends with. We had these friends, you know, we hung out with them, we did stuff, but looking back, I'm like, oh my God, they drove drunk all the time and they were like a little chemically imbalanced and you're like, oh, that's just them. But I said to her, I was like, looking back, like we were terrified and it was just okay because like they were good old boys and it's actually not okay. And when I had that realization, I deleted their numbers from my phone. I'm like, I'm not friends with these kids anymore. Yeah. We make it very normal that like, oh, that's just so-and-so, he's aggressive, he gives weird looks, he has outbursts. It's not okay. No. And you don't have to match them, you know, alpha for alpha, but you can draw your own lines and you can decide that that's not okay. Yeah. Oof, I'm sorry. That man is not allowed in your home. That man is not allowed. You and your husband need to have a talk. Like, you need to communicate about things. And the fact that he didn't jump in for you. Yeah, that the mother-in-law had to jump in. uh, I mean, it's... I would start by talking to her first and be like, here's why it upset me. Calmly, here are the reasons why that's not okay. I mean, but she didn't do anything. No, the birthday thing. Just to be like, can you see... Can you understand... Get her to admit, like, can you see why this would upset me? And then move over to the brother thing and just be like, he's not allowed. Right. I can't have that around my child. No. And just it's make it all about the kid. Time. Anyways, now I'm angry for you. Very angry. Yeah. Oh, I should be your lawyer. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, all right. Anonymous. Hi, Liza and the gang. Greetings from lovely Chicago. Saw your show last year when you're in Rockford. Outstanding. Longtime listener fan. was outstanding. It was an outstanding show. My question for the podcast Recently, my longtime boyfriend, a five years older brother, went through a divorce. All of us are in our mid to late 30s. I was pretty damn close to his now ex-wife for years. We would hang out almost every weekend doing random things like brunching to shopping to just enjoying each other's company. I am also close to all of what was their mutual friends. We created ourselves a little group of friends that went strong for many years. Now that they're divorced, she's still a friend of mine and I actively try to engage with her, whether it's just shooting our text, saying hi, seeing how she's doing to trying to hang out. 
Either it's a one-word reply or days go by before receiving that one-word reply. When the news broke that they were divorcing, she proclaimed to me that she still wants to remain friends. Well, in a nutshell, that's been much harder for me to maintain with her now that she's moved on to greener pastures. This isn't the first mutual couple slash friend of ours that has divorced. Uh, the last one simply just vanished when it came to maintaining a friendship with me. How do I manage a friendship with her currently without being overbearing, but also without stretching myself too thin over something I should have probably just left her, left in her court to do? I like her. I want to remain friends, but what? she's clearly moved on. Who cares? Next question. Don't. What doesn't matter? You don't need it's to done. be friends with this person you don't. anymore. It's fine. Uh, if if she was making an effort, or if you guys were like soulmates, I get it. But no, you don't need it. Your yeah. friend groups are going to endlessly, they're shapeshifters. A friend group is a shapeshifter. The landscape of your friendship from your wedding to your mid-30s to what you're going to be friends with in five years is ever-changing. The people that I invite to parties, I look at my annual Christmas party and the group I have now is very different from the group I had before. Just me hanging in there. Emily lingering in the back, <laughs> touching all the food. Um, You don't need to worry about it. You tried, and she's probably a little uncomfortable. You know, it's a little weird. You don't know the details of the divorce. Move on. It's fine. Yeah. It doesn't matter. This is not your sister. This is not, you know, anyone. It doesn't matter. You if she were making little... an effort, great. You'd be friends with her, but no. Your yeah. allegiance in this situation, since she's not making it any easier, is just to your husband and his, his, your brother, and mm -hmm. you move on. Yeah. That's it. Kick it. Anonymous. Hey, all context. I have these two girlfriends I've been close to for about three years. We do a lot together when we have time in our busy lives. Both are very uplifting to be around, but lately I've been feeling like the compliments and other signs of love are forced. They both show me how much they care about me in such over-the-top ways that now I've been suspecting that it's disingenuous. For example, we went to dinner and a show and one of the friends commented on my makeup for the night so many times throughout the night that by the end I was sick of hearing about it. Yes, my makeup skills are improving, but it's getting annoying hearing about it every 10 minutes. My she, question... Yes, I cover up the horn. How but. do I tell them I appreciate the compliments, but I don't need to hear it every 10 minutes? Thanks for being amazing. Gift kisses to Tofu for me. That's interesting because I think about this. Are you thinking about complimenting me? No. Yeah, yeah complimenting me. Sometimes you'll hear... Like, somebody will compliment something and you can tell, like... You're like, but that's not even true. Or you're just like, what do I even do with that? You don't have that? Is this a situation where, like, you're the cool girl and, like, they're not as cool and they just want to keep hanging out with you? Maybe. Because that's the only reason to, like, overcompliment. Or are you the loser and they're just trying to make you feel good? Either way, I worry myself that it's a second one. I'm like, why do you keep telling me this? Like, it's fine. I'm fine. Are you okay with being like, um, I know you told me. <laughs> That'll just throw a wrench in it. But it's also hard because if they are being... Genuine, you don't want to like. She says they're not being genuine. Well, she feels no. She just she feels, feels like it's weird because it's happening so much. Oh, you're drinking your water from an Eliza Schlesinger sketch show <laughs> bottle. I didn't realize that. Um, I don't know. That's, I love compliments. I'd be like, thank you. But thank if you. somebody just kept complimenting on you on the same thing, like no, but really, your dress is so great. Wouldn't you at a point be like, no, I know, okay, thank you. Yeah, it sounds like they think you need it, maybe. I mean, if you guys are really close, I feel like you can be like, Something's going I on. really appreciate that, but that's the fifth time you've said it. Is something up? Like, am I, like, Do it. Just kinda, say it. Is something say going it. on? Say it. Just get it out there. Be like, you said it like five times. I just now, you know what you say? Like, now I'm starting to feel like you, I don't normally dress nice and you're like reinforcing this. Right. I don't like, know. That's tough because you don't want to offend anyone. I think you want to say, like, I, I really appreciate, like, you guys are such good friends. Like One thing is for sure, the dynamics are off in this relationship. So either you're at the bottom of the totem pole or you're at the top. But either way, it sounds like you're not comfortable with that. So I would figure out, are you the cool girl? Are you uh, 
Regina George or whatever the other girls were. Uh, Gretchen. And, if, then- and by the way, like maybe you could do something to level the playing field. Like if they're not cool, you can do something that makes you all cool. Or if you're the dork, like I don't fucking know. That's weird. That's I think but it, say something. You make sure talk to them. say something. Be like, this is the fifth. Be like, you said it like five times, and now I'm starting to get nervous. Yeah, that you don't feel this way. I mm. think you can acknowledge that you appreciate the compliment, but but also say why it's making you feel weird because we're not going to be able to figure out what's in their heads. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl and Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Anonymous. Hey, Liza, I'm a massive fan from Down Under. I'm 20 and moved by myself to a different city at the beginning of last year. What's the city? Name the city. To go to university. Okay, not American. Moving on. I'm a massive fan from Down Under. I know, but not at American University because you wouldn't call it university. I have two siblings that still live at home. My mom is a primary school principal. And often won't switch out of her kid voice when we speak on the phone. Generally, we have a really good relationship, but I don't know how to tell her that I'd enjoy our conversations a lot more if she spoke to me like I'm an adult rather than an eight-year-old. Just like that. Next question. How do I tell her this without hurting her feelings? No, just like that. We all have a right to express ourselves and say, here's how I'd prefer it. Um, I mean, I don't know what eight-year-old sounds like. Is it like, well, and how was your day? She probably doesn't even realize she's doing it. I don't think it needs to, I don't think it's going to hurt her feelings. She sounds like an intelligent woman. So just say to her, mom, I want to talk to you like adults. And I feel sometimes that you, you'll always see me as your little, are you a boy? It's a boy. I don't know who's writing this. You always see me as your kid, but I want to talk to you like adult. I want to converse like adults. And then when she does it, kind of be like, see right there. 
She was like, oh, I didn't realise it. Hello, Kim. <laughs> hey, Sharon. <laughs> just say it. You guys, all your... I mean, I, I won't have a podcast if we all do my advice, but just say what you're thinking. I, I think if it comes from a place of, I love talking to you, I want to keep talking to you, and I would talk to you even more. Sometimes I notice you talk to me. Right. So maybe we could like, we don't talk the first hour you've gotten off work. Yeah. Just give you a chance to de-child. Right. Yeah. Anonymous. Hey, Liza, baby, I'm Scotty. My father-in-law is an interesting man, a charmless, stubborn old grump. His first wife, my husband's mother, suddenly died when my husband was four. Suddenly. He remarried remarried three years ago to his girlfriend of 10-ish years. My sister-in-law has four kids now under seven, and my father-in-law won't let them call his wife grandma, even though she's been pretty much part of the family before they were born. The kids call her by her first name. His reasoning is that they already have a grandma, his deceased first wife. How can I be sure this doesn't happen with my kids? I want my kids to call her grandma or whatever cute grandma name she likes best. Maybe pick a different name instead of grandma. That clearly, I, the, the second you said it, I was like, oh, that's how he feels. Nana. Nana. I new. mean, my mother is a grandma figure to my stepdad's grandkids. So my stepbrother has a family mm-hmm. and my mom has been there since they were born. You know, she's been married to my stepdad for like 20 years mm-hmm. and they have a grandma. It's my stepdad's ex-wife mm-hmm. um, who I think they call grandma, but I think they have like a fun name for my mom too because she does grandma duty. She brings them presents and mm-hmm. she reads to them and stuff like that, which is the role that your dad's or father-in-law's new wife is going to fulfill. So maybe reserving grandma, but the rule is whatever garbage name the kid says is what the grandma's name is. That's how grandmas get names like Gim Gam, yeah. my Guam Guam, my Guasha. Because I've got, uh, on my mom's side, I've got grandma and Bubba, because that's what he wanted. He thought it would be easier to say that. Bubba. He wanted the name yeah, first. And then on my dad's side, I never knew my actual, like, grandpa on that side. He died before I was born. And so I've got Nana and Grandpa Bob. So, so we called him Grandpa Bob. There's got to be some way to, like, and maybe ask the lady, does she care? Because, you know. What does she want? Because what does she want? so many name options. Maybe her name is Barbara, you call her, B-Bar. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be grandma. It can be Nana. It can be, you don't sound Jewish, baby. Um, but there's got to be a name because you want your kids to feel comfortable. So he's allowed to say no grandma for personal reasons, but pick something else. you Gigi. It is tough though if they've never even met I know, but it's, grandma. you know, he. But, and, but I, yeah. yeah. You have that combo. Pick another name. Like just inch him toward, like not Did, grandma, but how about Gam Gam? Yeah. How about Gimlet? Like the step grandpa I call Grandpa Bob. Like How about Giblet? Gra- grandma Karen. There you go. Grandma Karen. <laughs> Graham Cracker. Crackers. Crackers and soup. Call her soup. <laughs> Anonymous. Hi, Eliza. I love the podcast. Recommended it to so many of my friends. Love rehashing episodes with them. Straight up with my job sucks a joy for me. I pop in my earbuds what? and rip a sweet hit of an episode. Oh, yeah. fucking. Thanks for making <laughs> Wednesdays great. Speaking of work. No. You frequently say you teach people how to treat you. And I love that mentality, but I struggle with it at work. I always want to be helpful and be a team player. But over time, I've found that my coworkers take advantage of that. I'm asked to help do things that are technically not my job, but you know that whole other duties as necessary shit in the job description. So I help. The cycle keeps repeating. Someone will ask me to help coordinate a meeting, set up food for me, take notes, et cetera. The list goes on and on. But I feel like it's not that they need help. They just don't want to do it themselves because they're quote unquote too busy or above it. How do I convey I'm a team player but not a go-to grunt work bitch? Thanks. Oof. That's 
Interesting. Here's what you do. You sidestep all these motherfuckers. You go to your boss and you lay out for them, here are the ways that I've helped. Here are the things that I've implemented. Here's how I've gone above and beyond and I would like a raise or a new job title. That's what you do. That's how you well, shake them. Okay, but day to day, I don't know. I've never had a job like this. Okay, uh, I, I, there are certain things that you t- that that I have taken on in my life as just it's easier for me to just do it, and then certain things. What does that mean? Like because you in, work for me, so what does that mean? In any job, I think there are certain tasks that may not fall under exactly what you're supposed to do, but it's easier for you to just do it and know that it's gotten done correctly. Like when I worked at a different job, not with you, the job you took me from, they always wanted me to have an intern, and I was like always like, oh, that's gonna be more work to come up with work for them to do. But there, there are certain things that you can do very quickly, and then things that will take more time. And at that point, you have to also pull the card that everyone else is pulling that you're busy. You know, I wonder: are these people your subordinates, or are these people slightly above you? Or you know, like because you don't want it to be like we're all the same, but they're asking me to do the grunt work. Yeah. So I don't know your job titles. You can just say no. You can yeah. say I'm so I'm busy right now, mm-hmm. um, and then maybe even give them a task. Be like, and when you come back, I really need this. Whatever <laughs> you. You you know, it's, and also make sure that when you're doing this work, somebody is seeing it because somebody who's trying to get ahead of you will have you do all that and no one will ever thank you. And it'll mm-hmm. be like, that's just what she does. So you don't want to get demoted in any way. Yeah. Keep a list of all the things that you do and make sure that you have somebody that's watching you so that they can reward you for it later. Being a team player, first of all, none of us really want to be team players. You want to do your part and do it well, which means that you're part of a team. If you're on a team, if you're on a baseball team, you can't you can't hit a home run and also catch it, which would mean you're on the different team. You can't play two positions. Yeah. You know, you can just in basketball, you can just, you have your zone. You might pick up someone else that comes in your zone, but if it's man on man defense, you got the one man. Mm-hmm. So make decide for yourself what you will and won't do. If you do feel it's beneath you, if nobody else will do it, that's great. But make sure it's different when a CEO of a company is like, fine, I'll set out the fruit. Mm. But if you're constantly doing, you can just start saying no, as long as you have something else to do. I wonder if this is a case where, where you can gather all the things you've been asked to do and ask for an intern or an assistant or something and be like, look, I'm having Mm -hmm. all of this extra work put on me each week. Like just, just make sure you're recording exactly what it is you're doing outside the scope of your job. You so you keep notes, assess. not to be goody two-shoes, but just so when rubber meets the road and time comes for an evaluation, you can be like, here are the things that I've done. Here's all the slack that I've picked up. Yeah. But if it really is, it's someone in the same position as you being like, can you set up the meeting? Saying no. Yeah. Be like, you were asked to do it and I've got, I've got stuff to do. Yeah. You know, if they were asked to do it. Right. You know, so you also, you're within your rights. I don't, again, know your position to set up a meeting and be like, I just want to say, I am a team player. I want to help out people, but it can't be that I always do the jobs you don't want to do. Yeah, I think it's also easy to peg someone who is, who does go above and beyond, who who does extra. Like I have to be conscientious of not doing that to your manager's assistant because she is so, so great at everything. And I have to be like, okay, I'm not just going to shove this off on her when I can get it done. I know she has 800 things, but she's just like, she's such a powerhouse. Yeah, it's like just because you're, you want to make sure there's that they respect you and that you are all in the same playing field. And you, yeah, because you don't want to be like, I'm not doing that. And they're like, well, technically you're the assistant, so. right. Um, it's also kind of not up if they're if they're your superior. It's kind of not up for you to decide. Like there are plenty of times it's kind of not for you to decide. Like oh, they can do it. There are plenty of times right. there's stuff that I ask you to do, and I'm like, she's gonna know that I'm just staring at my computer. <laughs> but I need the time to stare at my computer. 
You have brain silence. Can you imagine if every email he sent me, I was just like, I think you got this. I know. There are also <laughs> days where I'm like, go home. I have to just stare at the wall. I know. Good yeah, luck. That's why it works out. It's symbiotic. It's symbiotic. I, and then you get to stare at the wall. Maybe talk to, I, I would be curious to know if like, if you have said anything to your coworkers, like, look, I feel like I'm being overloaded with a lot of extra stuff. Would you mind picking up some of this slack? If, yeah, if ask they, them a favor. See if they do it. Yeah. Then it's a real team. But if they're like, uh... Then you know right. that you're to kind of see where where you fall and, there and how it's gonna shake out. Assess your place in the universe and strike. But good job being a good worker. But good job. <laughs> Anonymous. Hey Liz and Emily, big fan of the podcast. Listen every week. I was in a relationship for three years, didn't work out. No cheating, nothing like that. Just hit a really rough patch and it stopped working. It's two years later. I still can't move past it. Think about her every single day. It has affected relationships while trying to move on. Just nothing seems to come even close to her. She's still single too, by the way, so I often wonder if it's mutual. What else should I do to move past this? I've actively dated and gone to therapy and leaned on good friends that have my back. Can't figure it out. Now, I... Brought up this question because I think we get this from the girls' side a lot. This is a guy that is having a hard time. Yeah. Um, he is in therapy. He has friends. Okay. Um, it's totally cool if you... Uh, it doesn't sound like you have communication with this person. It's totally cool to check in with them. Mm. And what? And be like, uh, I'm not trying to be a creep. I just want to let you know that I think about you. Because there's a chance that she's like, I think about you too. And you both are just nervous, you know? Maybe, hello, talking to you. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. You're both still single. Everybody does that thing where you're single and then you like go back to your ex for like a little bit, even just for one night. What if she's over there feeling the same thing? Mm-hmm. I think that there's a version Feel it out. where you can say it. You can just be very sweet be like, I do not mean to blow up your spot. Maybe you are dating someone and I don't know. How do you know, by the way? Did you like stalk her on Facebook, Instagram? Right. Be like, I, I don't know. You know what? That's just be like, I don't know if you're dating someone. I just wanted to put it out there that I think about you a lot. And I'm not trying to be a creep. You know, that's sweet. That's a sweet I, you thing You want to hear I think about you a lot? I think about you. Oh, whatever. Uh, Every girl's like, oh my God, me? I'm in your thoughts? It's me? Say it because you never know if she's feeling the other way. The worst that could happen is that you stay broken up and she's like, eh, I don't know. Or she doesn't answer. Right. Put in the in the email or the text or whatever, like, I don't mean to, like, LOL, be a weirdo. You can totally ignore this. Uh, hope you're doing well, da-da-da-da. That way she can be like, yeah, I don't know. We're broken up. Be like, totally get it. Yeah. Wish you well. Um, that happens. We all have those exes where you still think about them. Mm-hmm. You will find someone else. Nobody dates someone and then stays heartbroken forever mm-hmm. based on just, like, a three-year relationship. So it'll just take time. That's a long time to be with someone. And you haven't found anyone good enough. And that's okay. Yeah. People, and there are plenty of times where you're like, that person was the end all be all. But then all of a sudden you find yourself in love again. So send that text and then just know that it's going to take time. Yeah. You're okay. How have you stayed humble in light of your success? I'm about to finish law school and I got the job offer of my dreams. I'm very excited for what my future holds, but I don't want to become some snobby douche. I know too many people who change once they start getting those paychecks. How have you maintained your level of chill and personality throughout your rise to success? Signed, Chris, P.S. Love the show. Want to attend your show in Cleveland so long as I have the spare cash. Sounds like you'll have the you spare cash. You just said you got all that paper. <laughs> um, I don't know about... the, the hum- People have such an emphasis on humility, and it's such a vacillating perception because especially as a woman, just because you're confident, they might say, oh, you're not humble. And it's like, well, what about every rapper? 
What about wrestlers? What about athletes? All these guys are allowed to be like, yeah, I'm the best. And no one says anything. They don't check you for it. Um, I always, maybe it's my education or my upbringing. Uh, I, and by the way, not, I didn't go to Harvard or anything, but I had a nice education. Um, it's probably more of an upbringing thing. Humility is knowing, I mean, I think for me, being confident and being open about something when I'm nervous about it. It's so weird because when you're like, I don't know if I can do it, people are like, are you fucking kidding? You're going to kill it. People just want different things from you at all times. So really just kind of knowing who you are, staying true to yourself. And anybody that questions that, just know that they're fucking betas. When other girls get mad or when people say mean things, it's like, you're just jealous. And this has nothing to do with me. It's what I represent to you and you're projecting something on me. You, humility comes in all kinds of forms. You know, I might be confident about something, but I try to give back to people and I try to be kind in moments, especially for women. People love to be like, well, she's so tough. And it's like, have you ever met me? Have I, are, are you someone on the receiving end of something nice I've done? I think people just get intimidated. The humble thing you find, you know, you're allowed to be a douche. I say mean things all the time. Who's the one calling you that? And like, who the fuck is that person? I don't know. I mean, especially you're going to be a lawyer. I don't know what kind of lawyer. Like if you're a trial lawyer, there is no humility. Fucking get him by the throat. It's a case by case basis. I don't, I never, my goal was never stay humble. Mm-hmm. I'm humbled every time I don't get a part, which is like, every day, all day. I'm constantly, part of this business is constantly being told you're not good enough, defeated. There's coded language, like didn't respond to the material. I'm like, that's code for You're not famous enough. Um, and just pushing forward. And my goal is not stay humble. I am humble. I am, like there is humility and I do kind things. And if somebody doesn't see it, it's like, sorry, you weren't looking. I don't know. I think being that kind of jerk factors in a lot with like being oblivious. And if you're wondering this question, you're probably going to be okay. Also, like, I don't, I would never go out of my way. There are plenty of people I don't like. I would never do anything to like make sure they, their their job, they get fired or anything like that. Like there are plenty of comics who suck and actors I meet who I don't like, but you're like, yeah, that person sucks. Find someone to talk shit about them with, but I'm never going to like go into a meeting and be like, don't hire them. Yeah. Stay in your lane and just cream rises at the top. But, uh, yeah, this thing of like staying humble. It's no, also the later in life you become accomplished, the more humble you're going to be. And you've done some great. Look, you've gotten a dream job. That's so exciting. Also, and you have been excited about that. Having touchstones for that humility, you know, like people that have friends that have been with them for a while, or if your struggle's been a really long one, or mm-hmm. constantly you're not sitting in your mansion on top of a hill only eating caviar, you know? Uh, staying in touch with causes that mean stuff to you. Um, keeping your friends and family close. So. Those are the things. You'd be okay. Yeah. You're allowed to be a dick, though. Mm, Everybody's going to think everyone's much, a dick. But sometimes. Give me a break. No, don't be a, Don't go out of your way to hurt anyone because that says more about you and how empty you are. But you can be proud of what you've done. Yeah, and anyone, if anyone has an issue with it, it's just because they're jealous. Like, that's all there is to it. Just realize most things stem from jealousy. Clob it. Cobb salad it. Top of the comet. Anonymous. Hello, Eliza. I am a 31-year-old female online dating in a big city. 
I've been on three dates with a guy, and the third date seemed like it went well with good conversation and a lot of passionate kissing. We tentatively planned to meet again, but in the meantime, he has suddenly decided to update his dating profile. Seemed like he hadn't updated it in a while, and I think it's weird that he is thinking of updating it after things really kicked off with the both of us. What should I make of this? The weirdest thing is that this has happened with me twice in the past with completely different guys. It looks like a pattern. They start dating me and then suddenly want to rev up their dating profiles from anonymous single lady. Don't look at their dating profile. You already went on the date. Why are you looking at their profile? Don't look at their profile. Also, it's just a third date. You know? So you made out. Think of all the dudes that you've made out with that you're like, eh, change my mind. It's just a make out. There's no commitment. This is why girls get labeled like crazy. It's just, you just made out and that's cool. And I went out a bunch of days with Smokey Husky and Jody will tell you this. I was out at a bar with her and I was like, should I invite him? I don't know. And she was like, because I didn't know, because when you get yeah. away from them, then you think like, well, nah. I don't know because I don't know. And, you know, it's scary and all of a sudden she was like, invite him. And I did. And like, then then that was that. He may not know that story. Um, but that's that. He may have gotten home and he's feeling really good after that great date. And he interprets that as like, oh, what else could I do? Yeah. Your job is to show him nothing. I'm the best you got. Right. Don't worry about that. You know, update yours too. It's, yeah. you want a commitment and he, that's, and don't be desperate. Right. As you go on the date, it's kind of like, oh, I'm realizing things about my, like it would make sense that after a significant or mildly significant date that he would realize some new things. But that by he the wants way, to factor in. there are plenty of guys you're going to go out with three times and they're going to be like, hey, let's make this exclusive. There are plenty of guys that are going to respond differently. This may not be the guy for you. He might be nervous. He might just take a couple more dates to get there. Mm-hmm. So just, it's cool. Yeah. Don't look at the profile. You already looked yeah. at it. There's no reason to look at that. Don't look at it. Move on. Okay. Anonymous, how to deal with a creepy coworker? Context, I'm an elementary school teacher. I'm 30 and female. A father of a former student is now subbing in my school. He's at least 50, gross, and was a jerk to me when I had his daughter a few years ago when I was a newish teacher, so I already don't have fond memories. He was subbing as a para in my class. I think that's like a helper. So I had to spend a lot of the day around him. Then after school, I was at the copier and he was in the hall. He looked at me and goes, are you stalking me now? I gave a little uncomfortable laugh because what am I supposed to say to that? But he gets all mock indignant and goes, don't laugh. It's not that ridiculous. I don't respond and just go about making copies. Then he is suddenly right next to me, continuing the convo. It was so sudden I actually jumped. My question is, how do I deal with this while still being professional? I love my job. His behavior isn't so blatant that I could go to a higher up and complain. Help. P.S. Can't wait to see when CTE. What's that, Connecticut? Um, ooh. It's, Why is he? So he's a former oh dad. God, he's you might just have to practice the old military tradition of sustain and maintain and the old comedic tradition of ignore and uh, don't maintain eye contact. You just might have to like ignore. I mean, you can go to, I mean, here's the thing. He didn't say anything inappropriate. He's just annoying. And you can, you know what you can say, honestly, flat out? You can be like, I just want to let you know, you were not that cool to me when I had your daughter, so I'm a little uncomfortable around you. He'll puff up, he'll get whatever, but this is all, if this guy were awesome to you when you had a daughter, it would be cute. You'd be like, oh, whatever. Right, are you stalking me now? But it said he's like, are you stalking me now? He just has a bad sense of humor. He might be flirting with you. He probably is because he's 15, you're 30, regardless of what anyone looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can flat out be like, oh, that's nice. You could even say, be like, you know, you weren't, th- I wish you were this nice to me when I had Susie. Yeah. And he'll be like, like, what? That. Yeah. So 
you're allowed to say, here are the reasons I'm uncomfortable with you mm-hmm. and give him a chance to be like, oh, sorry about that. Or yeah, well, you were a bitch. You'd be like, great. Well, then we don't need to interact with each other. Right. I, I know that's kind of harsh and it's, I don't know how small that school is, but your feelings matter and your experiences matter. And you can just ignore this dude. And if he has a problem with you ignoring him, you can be like, I try to just keep my head down at work and do my job. And I don't, I don't know what you want from me. Right. Say that. Oh, it's such a thing. It puts people on the offense. I don't know what you want from me. Like, I don't want anything. Be like, great, then we're done. Right. It's very aggressive, but if he's making you uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and it, it does suck when it's just min- minimal enough that like you can't, like if you explain it to someone else, you kind of sound like it's yeah. not that big of a deal, but you know it's a big deal. Because he hasn't crossed the line. He's right. just annoying. And it's- had he been nice to you before, this wouldn't be an issue. Right. So he's not being creepy. He's not being inappropriate. He's just annoying. Yeah. But he will cross that line. Yeah, and we'll be right there. Listen, we'll be ready. Anonymous. Hi, Liza. I'm 23 years old, married. I have a full-time job, as does my husband as an engineer, so we're doing okay financially. Regardless okay. of this, All right, good for you. my mom keeps trying to give me money or pay for rent, bills, etc., which is extremely generous of her, but has sometimes in the past been a tool to guilt me into something that, that crosses my time, emotional, or mental boundaries by way of reminding me that she gave me money or has paid for things. If I decline the money... She gets very upset, tells me it's all she has left, probably a result of empty nest sadness. But it's also important to me to stand on my own and feel independent and not owing. What do you think I should do? Stop taking the money because it sounds like you still take the money. Do not take the money. Deal with the guilt of deal not with it. taking it. That way you don't have to deal with whatever comes attached to it. Your mom is probably doing her best. This is all out of love. You got it. Have a come to Jesus, my favorite term with her. Be like, I love you. It can't be that if I don't take this money that you're upset with me. Please spend it on yourself or we can go out to eat or something. But I have a policy. My husband and I have discussed it. We're not taking any money. Mom, we don't need that. Can you find another way to show me you love me? And I just don't want you to be upset with me. Turn it around on her. Be like, now make her feel guilty for trying to make you feel guilty. But whatever you do, do not take that money. And eventually she'll change her habits. Do not take that money unless it's for a ticket to my show. Do not take that money. I wonder how she's sending it. Yeah, she's just like slipping it under your pillow like or like fairy. my my parents will direct deposit for like a holiday gift. Okay, well, call so your bank and be to, like, don't allow yeah. it. No, she's not doing that. She's just giving it to her. It's just cash. Do not accept. And if don't she does, it. refund send it. it back. Send it yeah. right back. Next yeah, question. Yeah. Kick it. Okay. Care Bear 256. I am relatively new to my job, started in August, and I've only met the boss a few times. The more I find out about her and her career, the more and more I look up to her and want to follow in her footsteps. She's also an impressive manager, and I would love to learn those skills from her. Do you have any advice on how to approach her and ask for career advice? She's two organizational levels above me, and while my direct boss is supportive enough for the day-to-day work, I do not feel he can give me a full picture of how to succeed in the mining industry like she can. Context. I'm an engineer working in the mining industry, and Boss Lady and I are one of four female professionals. We all have at least our bachelors working in our location. My coworkers are all male. I did the math. My immediate group is less than 9% female. Boss Lady is rarely around as she oversees two additional sites, one of which is two hours away. My current location is commonly referred to as engineer daycare, and I really only have another year to figure out where I'm going next. Very excited to see you in Phoenix. Here's what you do. I'm really good at stuff like this. Uh, first of all, find out where she lives. Not like in a creep, not in a creepy way, but like, do you live in the same city? Because if she oh. lives two hours away, oh, um, yeah. offer to buy her coffee. Mm-hmm. Almost anyone will take you up on it. May I would love to buy you lunch or coffee. Lunch is a little weird because she probably makes more money than you. And pick your brain. 
send her a really respectful professional email mm-hmm. citing all the things you just said. You know, she might not like that you're a woman, but it sounds like it might be kind of like a, an industry that it kind of doesn't matter. Send her an email and be like, I'm so impressed by you, so in awe of you. I would just, I would love to just sit at your feet and hear what you have to say. Yeah. May I please buy you coffee? Here are several dates that I have coming up, but anything that works for you, I will work around your schedule. Yeah. Make it so that it's impossible for her to say no and say, oh, I'll work around your schedule. I would love to buy you a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. I just want to ask you questions and hear your story and learn from you. She will say yes. Well, and even more so maybe than like wanting to get something out of it. It was really nice what you said about how much you look up to her. Yes. Like, make sure you you hit that, that like you really respect her and, and that you, you just want to- Say, I want nothing out of this other than to buy you a cup of coffee and hear what you have to say. Yeah. That's it. Write pretty much what you wrote to us. Write it to her. Yeah. Be like, I am- I'm available whenever you are. I will work around your schedule. Yeah. Please let me buy you a tasty cup of coffee. Put in like a cute little thing. Or, and a muffin, if you like. She'll say yes. Yeah. That's it. It's just a cup of coffee. You're not asking for anything. You're not going in for a meeting. Cup of coffee. Yeah. Which will turn into something very romantic. That would be a great story of two mining, two mining big wig ladies fall in love. You can call it shaft. Like a mining shaft. Maybe they both don't assume. Okay. Hi, Emily and Eliza. I'm a huge fan of all your shenanigans. Thank you both for being you. My question. I got engaged two days ago. This was not that long ago. This was a couple weeks ago. I got engaged two days ago, and the race for maid of honor has begun with two of my friends. Friend A is a dear work and school friend. We talk constantly, and she is a wonderfully supportive, kind, and thoughtful soul. She helped my fiancé plan the engagement. Friend B is slash was my college best friend, but since her wedding two years ago, of which I was maid of honor, we really have not stayed close. Phone calls every few months, dinners like twice a year. She still calls me her best friend, took me to a bridal show, and is genuinely excited for me, but I think I want friend A to be my go-to person regarding all the wedding day mishaps. Friend A does well in emergencies, is a very chill person. Friend B stresses me out a lot. Any thoughts? Hey. Hey. Now, how do you tell B who she was the maid of honor for? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, There are people who I was bridesmaids in their wedding and they weren't ones in mine. This is who you want. Does she? Hopefully she lives closer to you and you can be like, that's a big part of it. It is what you want and anybody who loves you will understand that. Yeah. That's it. If B makes a big deal about it, she's a selfish bitch. You could say A is really good in emergencies. No, but be like she helped plan the, you know, this and she wants really wants to do it and people be like, well, I want to do it too. And you're like, I, I just... I really want you there. I want you there on my special day. I just think A, like, has really, like, it's just, she's just, just, the answer is you don't have to give an answer. Should B be a bridesmaid? Be like, I would love to have you as a bridesmaid. I do want you there. I want you to play a special role. You can help plan stuff with her. Yeah. Um, but I just think that she's taken on more of a role and we're closer. We, you know, hopefully mm-hmm. you, just if you say we live closer. That's helpful. But Move a. so that you live closer to A. There you go. Set up camp in her front yard. The answer is A, and the answer is it's your day, and this is what you're doing, and I don't know why people can't just, like, get on board with what the bride wants. The B is, is going to wreck your... B is going to stress you much. out. A, A, A. Yeah. Hi, Liza. I love your podcast, especially your specials. My question is... One it was A I- before you even said B, by the way, I for mean, me. I know, and then everything about B was bad, and it was like, oh. Yeah, there. You wrote it. You gave us your answer. Yeah. Pros and cons, it's A. 
Anonymous, hi, Liza. I love your podcast and especially your specials. My question is, one of my best friends lives with her boyfriend and their apartment is extremely messy and cluttered. I don't like going over there because the mess gives me anxiety, but I don't want to hurt her feelings by always avoiding going over there or telling her the truth. How should I handle this? You can just tell her. You got to tell her. You just got to tell her. I mean, it's a little rude. I don't, I mean, you can go over there once in a while, but... At what point is it like acceptable for someone else's mess to give you anxiety? Like, you know what you do? You go over there and you just, I mean, I don't know how messy it is. Are you, do you have like an issue where like, do you have OCD? And like, it's not that messy. I don't know. But go over there and just start cleaning. And just be like, this stresses me out. Um, if it's your really good friend, you might have to go over once in a while. It's really hard if to like your, criticize the way someone lives. If it's your good friend, well, right. Do you remember that episode of Friends where Ross was dating that like yes. hot girl that had the she walked in, she just was- threw chicken on the floor for her pet ferret. Yeah, and then he killed that yeah that hamster or whatever because he thought it was a rat. There's no reason to have to go over to her house. There are parks, there are movie theaters, there are public spaces for gathering. Yeah, I don't let people in my house because they'll have anxiety in there. Yeah. It's weird that these people aren't aware of what their home yeah, is. Yeah, it's weird. Um, she or. She'll thank you. You'd be like, I didn't realize it was cluttered. You know, you kind of give people the benefit of the doubt. Right. So that's it. You, you have to decide is- if it's worth it to you to possibly hurt this person's feeling versus just like sitting on a couch with a bunch of shit on it. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Sounds Anonymous. Like you'll this friend, though. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I, I wonder because it's in her boyfriend's. I wonder if the boyfriend is messy and that's yeah. the issue. Probably not, though. It's usually the girl. Women are dirty, dirty dust bunnies. Anonymous. Hi, Eliza. I have a question about creativity and creating original work. I am an artist. I work in watercolor. I specialize in pet portraits. I've been doing art my whole life, but I have a hard time coming up with new ideas of things to paint. And sometimes when I have an idea, I'll see online that someone else has already done it, or I'll see something and go, why didn't I think of that? I've been in a creative slump and was wondering what you do when your creativity is feeling blocked and was wondering how you deal with the someone's already done it feeling. Thanks, love your work. I think you're amazing. Also, this person just replied as I was reading this, this doesn't have to be anonymous. So this is Jazzy Jordan art. Jazzy Jordan art. um, She's like, cool, sick, free plug. Look, almost everything has already been done and almost everything that's done is a take on something else. There are a lot of original things out there, but it's all inspired by other things. Uh, Some of the greatest actors steal. That's like one of the terms in acting is steal, 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 because you're not going to do it the exact same way. Especially when it comes to pet art, which is like a recent phenomenon. By the way, like, are you a local artist? Maybe people in your area need art. You're not a global pet artist. Plenty of people do the same thing and put the same things online and they still run their businesses. So don't worry about, I mean, don't be a thief, but don't worry about what other people are doing. Paint, allow your painting to get better. You're not so great at painting that you've perfected it and you don't have to practice it. Keep painting, keep doing it, stay open-minded. I, when it comes to writing and jokes, I don't ever force it. I just decide I'm in an intake period, which means that I'm not producing any jokes but I still get up at the comedy store and I still practice. And from running those practices, things get better and better and better. Even if it's the same jokes over and over, you keep, um, you keep adding things and jokes keep getting polished. So keep painting, even if it's not inspiring you because you might have a brushstroke or you'll use a different color that day or you make a mistake that reminds you of something else. Go to a museum. Do you want to do a Baroque style painting of a dog? Do you want to do like hyper Catholic religious paintings of dogs? There you Mm go. Um, that's it. Don't worry about other people. It doesn't matter if somebody's already done it. I mean, that's like me being like, oh, I shouldn't write a book because other female comics have written books. Oh, I shouldn't want to do a movie because other funny women are in movies. Your take will always be uniquely yours. Just do it. There uh, also was 
I mean, this is not a guarantee, but but on Reddit, sometimes there will be commenters who will like paint pictures of things in a certain style. Like sometimes just taking weird inspiration from like somebody's comment, like people will write a poem based on a post or do like just doing just do or, one of those daily Instagram challenges where it's like every day you do like a certain thing from a list, like just to try to get yourself into a different spot yeah. and create things you may not have but created like, otherwise. As we're answering this, I'm looking around my office. I have one, two, three, four, five different pairs of socks that fans had made with Blanche's face. And each one looks incredibly different. Um, except for these two on the end, which were clearly done by the same company. But like one girl put a picture of Blanche with her own dog on the socks. One girl did just Blanche. One girl did Blanche with a psychedelic background. One girl did several Blanches. One girl did like a really close up of Blanche. So I'm saying like, yeah, they all opted to make me socks, but all the socks look different. I also have pop sockets with her on them. I've got about 10 of them and each one is different. So- they're all paintings. Like you're gonna all your all pet portraits are paintings. They may all have a blue background, but there's different types of blue. There's different things you can put in the background. It'll never be the same. So keep on at it. Yeah. Don't use this as an excuse for not practicing your craft. Yeah. Join join one of the communities. Like there's the writing, nano rimo. Do one of the the art things. There's a ton of great ones. That's it. All right. You ready for top of the cob? You got something? It's the top of the cob. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cob. Uh, top of the cob. I'm going to Vietnam in a couple days um, to do shows, and I'm very much looking forward to something called an egg coffee. This is what they're known for. People have all had, like, Vietnamese coffee. But egg coffee, uh, I think it's like a custardy kind of thing, and I love creamy drinks. So looking forward to that egg coffee. Top of the cob, Vietnam, uh, Hanoi. I'll be there. It's a, it's a Hanoi thing, particularly, and I have several days there. So I bet an egg coffee will be my top of the cob. <laughs> my top of the cob is having a shirt that you know you're going to get compliments on. Oh, that's wearing fun. It. I have a shirt that says, Judy Greer should have been the lead. I know that shirt. And I love it so much. And there's not a single other piece of clothing I wear where I get so many people that come up and are like, what does that say? Oh my God, I love Judy Greer. Love like Judy people Greer. will show me their pictures that they've taken with Judy Greer. It's really become a magically unifying force. And it's just exciting to have like this very weird specific interest that other people are like, me too. That's top of the cob. <laughs> My bottom. Um, this is going to sound ignorant, but I've done a lot of traveling. I've been to Angkor Wat. I've been to the Sistine Chapel. I sometimes grow weary of religious sites. Um, it's more okay to say, like, I don't want to say any more churches because, like, you're allowed to make fun of churches. But temples as well. I've been to a lot of parts of Southeast Asia. It. Yes, there are beautiful ones and there's always historical significance when things were erected. Of course, the rest of the world has older stuff than we do, but one can only take so many religious sites of it not being your own religion before you're like, okay, I lit the incense, I did the prayer, I saw the monument and the shrine and I'm good. So mm-hmm. sometimes I grow a little tired of that being my only cultural activity, uh, which is why museums are great. But uh, you can look at so many pagodas, so many churches, so many whatever else there is, temples and churches. Sometimes it's a bit much. Sometimes religion is all people have, and uh, there's more out there, like egg coffees. What's your bottom of the cob? My bottom of the cob is uh, when you're sick without your parents and you're that kind of sick. You know that kind of sick where it's like, 
you're achy. And if you were at home and you were a kid yeah. and you were off from school, like your parents would bring you soup and tissues and you would just lay on the couch and they'd be like, they'd be like here you go. And you'd get to watch your TV. And then I was just by myself, like Oof. on my own couch. And I just kept calling my home and being like, hey, guys. And they're like, hey. Hope you're doing okay. Drink fluids. And I'm like, I have to get my own fluids. You got to get your own. You got to get like your sick body in the car and go to like a shitty Whole Foods. Not it even. Where do you is. go, Vons? No, I, on my drive home uh, that day, I, um, I stopped at CVS and got everything I needed. Oh, but, CVS. But it just, it just, and you just think about like, it's just so different when you're that like dead. To, I yes. haven't been that sort of like chill sick in years and years. And it just brought me back to that, to being at home. Like, cause you know, sometimes you stay home from school and you're a little bit sick. And sometimes you stay home from school and you're like, this isn't fun. I don't even want to be like this. I don't want to be sick. Uh, I feel that way about muscle relaxers. Like when you're actually in pain, you're like, this isn't fun. Um, I had that when I was shooting Spencer Confidential in Boston. I got Ooh. sick on like one of like the weeks where like I wasn't shooting that day and I was sick and it was Halloween and I was like planning on walking around and I just had to scoop myself into an Uber to take me to a Whole Foods where I got like all this sick food and yeah. came back and I couldn't even eat. You don't know, you're getting soup and crackers yeah. and soda, but then you've eaten too much. And even worse is when you're sick on the road in a hotel and you've got your sad, yeah. like, generic cough drops and, like, you, there's no way to get soups. So you're like, I guess I'll just have a salad. Like, oh. I got an worse. email from CBS that was like, we saw you bought these three things. Are you doing okay? We're just monitoring you. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> That's the show, folks. I think that was a good one. This one should be nominated for uh, a, a potty. For a party. We hope we've answered your questions. To the girl with the abusive brother-in-law, fucking put a muzzle on that motherfucker. The rest of you, stay sane. I gotta have a sign-off thing. Stay kicking it. And have an egg coffee. Click it. Click it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.